Hello and welcome to Tournament in a Tea Break. It's the first Tournament in a Tea Break from uh, Roland Garros, so maybe we should be like kind of bonsoir. Bonsoir. It's yeah, bonsoir. as it's very much bonsoir here tonight. It's it's this weird half-assed day that they do where you've got 16 matches of each draw on a Sunday. It throws your body clock out because now I'll forever be a day out in time and it takes three days for the first round to be done. And we have all kinds of stuff happening, including the women's defending champion bouncing out. Bowing out early, yeah. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting kind of stretch having the first round over three days. It uh, gives the one, the people who won today, the favourites, two and a half days to kind of <laughs> almost three days until they start the next round, and for the ones who lose early. Especially to have the women's defending champion out before yeah. what feels like the tournament starts. To me, the tournament does not. It starts today, but then it also doesn't. So um, I'm. It's it's a it's a tricky one, and I think uh, it's a shame to see Elena Ostapenko go out early. But um, yeah, she's been. She was very honest in her press conference afterwards. Yeah. Was very um, much admitting. Look, I I did not feel like myself out there today. I felt like I played twenty percent of what I could play had some injury issues before today's match and um, very tough very tough start for her very tough experience but I think one she'll probably learn she'll learn from and um, yeah. yeah it's she's not the first defending champion to return to a Grand Slam and have a very tough time no and I mean if you're wondering who's talking by the way it's uh, Rene Denfeld who's here for my tennis, uh -huh. tennis um, but the, the reason um, that that's interesting you say it is um, just give us a little bit of insight as to what happened to her in Rome. Um, in Rome, uh, Ostapenko did a splits in her match against Sharapova, and she injured her her leg, and uh, that injury prevented her from from training. Uh, when when she got back to Latvia, didn't have uh, only started hitting again a few days ago. So I presume, by my calculation, that would be maybe Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, that made life a lot more difficult for her in terms of preparing for this, which was always going to be tricky anyways. And um, yeah, yeah. it made, made it tough for her. I mean, you know, she, we, I think we're all in agreement that she's grown a lot in a short space of time. I mean, the way that she came in today, we've seen her sort of sulking petulant before. And today, you know, she, the first thing that she said was it's a very bad day at the office. But she also said it, it actually wouldn't have made any difference who was on the other side of the court. You know, her own mistakes and errors were just simply not good enough. And that's, that I don't think is actually disrespectful. I think that's actually um, basically saying, you know what, I played like crap today. Yes. Um, um, she had, she had in total 48 unforced errors. Uh, 13 of those were double faults. 35 were off the ground for her backhand unforced errors and 48 errors over a stretch of, um, yeah. 12 games first said nine over 21 games that's yeah. that's a lot that's over two errors on average per game almost um and this is this is a very yeah it's it was a very bad day and i completely agree in terms of ostapenko how she handled the entire situation and how she um especially afterwards in press i thought it made the, the difference between this yelena ostapenko in today's press conference when she had lost as opposed to the Elena Stepenko that we saw last year in press here with very short answers yeah. never giving yeah. anything and today she said it as she saw it and she was being completely honest about it and that was um, I thought that showed an immense amount of growth that she she's experienced over yeah. the past 12 months even if today's result didn't go her way 
what you're hearing, by the way, if you're wondering, is the tannoy that's going on that's basically telling any people that are left in the ground to go. Um, as so, soon as possible. As soon as possible. It's like, a, you know, I think we're going to have a countdown every minute, so do bear with us. Um, okay, so let's go on to someone who did win in comparative ease, and there's a lot of eyes on him. Of course, Alexander Zverev opened his account today, looking for the world like a giant ball boy. Um, but pretty impressive. I mean, he rattled through Ricardo Sparankis without too much issue. Uh, I think he's probably going to do quite well in his early rounds, and then once he starts to meet a little bit of resistance, that's when we'll really see whether or not he's got what it takes to under to, to learn what the quarterfinal is like in a Grand Slam. I think that's <laughs> that has to be the goal. It, it, of course, he he kind of he, I wouldn't say he downplayed it, but he downplayed the sort of his Grand Slam duck that people are talking about, never having beaten a top fifty player in a Grand Slam, never having. Um, never having made a, a quarterfinal in a Grand Slam so far, so I, he was basically saying in his pre-tournament press conference, like, I feel like you guys are actually more concerned about this than I am. I'm 21, and I still have got, like, quite a number of slams that I can play. I've played, like, 12 slams, okay? Maybe I've not always gone as far as I could have, but um, I'll get there eventually. And, yeah, today he looked like he had a very good time out there. Admittedly, he played someone in Barrancas who is not... <laughs> who's not a not a clay court or b yeah. has not played any clay court matches this year before this one as far as i'm if i'm not completely mistaken here yeah. and uh yeah in total almost one like yeah at th 38 to uh, uh 81 points at the end speaks yeah. a very clear language and um it yeah. barely lasted much more than an hour while we're on the subject of uh, people saying, hey, you guys make it tough for us, uh, of course, uh, British number one, Johanna Conta, was in action today. The first six games or so were pretty competitive. There weren't any break points. You know, uh, I was watching Joe's feet. She was moving really well. Then a couple of shaky service games, and it really just unraveled awfully quickly. Now, um, I asked her, you know, is that is that how it felt? And she was much like Ostapenko in that it was a really bad match. I couldn't get into my rhythm. I couldn't get any any traction on the ball. I couldn't I couldn't really keep up with what Putinseva was doing. Yeah, it was awful. It was a bad bad match. But then <laughs> things took a little bit of a turn. And I have to say, my favourite kind of Johanna Conta is the one that's got a little bit of fire in the belly and and really just lets rip. And we lose that facade of. Um, oh, you know, everything's a process and I'm just really happy with the positivity and blah, 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 blah. And we actually got a real visceral response. Unfortunately, it was this poor guy that I've only ever seen here. Um, and he, he only fronts up here and then we never see him again for the rest of the circuit. And he basically got both barrels because she was like, okay, riddle me this, children. What would you? What would it be like if you went to Roland Garros and suddenly everything that you wrote was dreadful and then everybody started telling you that everything was dreadful? Um, I think we actually got to see a bit of the real Joe Conta. Um, but there's no doubt that this was very frustrating. And also that the pressure, if, if you think the pressure is bad here in France across the channel, wait until we get back to, um, to Blighty and we have to do this on the grass. Um, I really hope we see more of that fiery Joe because I think that will help fire it up. But yeah, it was, it was a bit of a... Um, it was a bit of a both barrels for that poor Seth, I have to say. I, I think it's it's like I, I'm not even sure if the if the visceral reaction is the real Joe, to be honest. I, but I, but she's a smart woman. She's she's a eloquent. She's smart. She knows what's going on. And um, 
she knows she knew coming in here that like this is this is not my home turf no. in terms of surfers or yeah. anything that's going on and if you then end up drawing someone like Putinseva who is very very much uh, who, play, who plays the disruptor card very yeah. well both in terms of her tennis in terms of her personality in terms of yeah. her on court um, everything that goes on with her on court let's put it this way and uh, that makes life very difficult and I thought it was going to go three sets at the very yeah. least I thought it was going to be a tough one um, I thought that Conta had a shot at making the third round but I never thought that she was going to make it much further than the third round and I'm not sure if she thought that she was going to be able to it's it's a tough loss for her obviously um, but this, uh, well this one hurt yes uh, I think the other matches that she played I think she felt that she'd given a good account of herself at the, at the level of play that she is. But one interesting thing that she said is that there is going to be a lot more doubles. We know that she needs to work a lot more on, on volleys. Um, and she has. Her volleys at the net, she had some deft touches at the net from time to time. But she'll be here doing doubles with Alison Risk. And I think um, I think what she, she's pretty much admitted that she needs a lot more match play. So hopefully she'll, she'll get that. On the uh, on the list of uh, lucky escapes, uh, you know, Svitolina's wasn't quite as dramatic as Goffin's. Uh, Alina Svitolina found herself one four down and was really all over the place this, <laughs> this one, morning on the one first five, match. I think even one was five, it one five? One five, and then she rattled off six games in a row. Um, looked looked a bit all over the shop, and I think she and she said very much the same. So like I was, it was a mix of things. I just but she didn't really want to look at it. Um, uh, too much at the bat. She was like, "Okay, I regrouped really well, and then I uh, won 12 of the last 15 games, I believe." Yeah. Um, a, a good win for her, I think. Also, um, in terms of like looking at who came in with some traction, I think it's good for for the women's draw that she got through that. It would have been tough to lose both her and and Ostapenko in that quarter. Yeah. That would have blown things wide open, and I'm quite quite uh, uh, quite keen on um, uh, Svitolina making a very deep run here actually I is that because actually I picked her to, to win the title um, which I'm still not sure there are like 12 no. people that I could name to win the title here on the women's side but uh, yeah good escape from her and uh, she's got a few days now until the when uh, until Wednesday until her second round and she joked that well it's actually so much time she could fly back home and come <laughs> and come back here <laughs> and it, w it would still not be Maybe. stressful at all. So um, es escape in the first set for Svitolina, but after that, I thought convincing. Whereas uh, Goffin, um, again, another one that's probably tips to certainly go deep into the second week, found himself two sets down against Robin Hasser. Um, won the third set, and then a very strange turn of events where Hasser decided that he wanted to call the physio. It was getting darker, it has to be said. Physio came out and basically said, there's nothing wrong with you, so I can't treat you, and walked off. And then... Hasso promptly lost the the last set, six love. In oh. a whopping 18 or 17 minutes, I believe. So, What do we think about that? I think that Robin Hasso saw the two love lead and saw the fading light and thought, if I get some, some if I get a break now and if I only have to, if I have to show up tomorrow and win one of three sets, that is very likely. And uh, I think his, his head his head or his brain started deserting him. I, I hope he doesn't take this the wrong way if he ever listens. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think things just uh, things just yeah short circuited in a way, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it just it just um, 
he started arguing or talking, talking to the umpire about the light situation from the second, from the third set onwards, and then he called the physio, and uh, things things unraveled in rather spectacular, <laughs> rather unspectacular. Well, fashion, I think when I players actually start to get to that stage where they're like concentrating on the light, I think you know that, that you're fighting a losing battle then, because in their mind they've already made up their mind. I'm not going. I don't want to be out here any longer. But anyway, um, are but we are we surprised that Venus went out today? Not really. I'm like she. She played one last last year in the first round here. She played her two times already at Sam's. Both times it was close. Um, and I did not have Venus make a deep run here. I thought if she was going to make it past today's hurdle um, or past the first round match, I had a losing to Petra Matic in the second round. Yeah. Um, not surprised. Not surprised. That's not because I feel about Venus one way or another, but just because there has not been any traction yeah. with her on clay in Madrid or in Rome, and she didn't come in with any matches. I know the rules are a bit different when it comes to both Williams sisters and and coming in maybe without a lot of matches. But I just didn't feel that Venus been playing great tennis over the of the past month here in Europe on the on the red clay. And um, yeah, today of course Wang played really well. But I felt Venus was um, just not just not, not sharp, not sharp yeah. enough. So tomorrow, of course, we've we've hinted at this that you know it feels like the the day starts proper. What's your pick of the matches? I think if you want, uh, if you say dramatics, Your Honor, I think uh, going for the second match on Suzanne Langlen between Andrea Petkovic and Christina <laughs> Mladenovic. Yeah. this could be a. Uh, a roller coaster, and uh, just a little later on court one, you've got Laura Siegemund against Coco Vandeweghe. When you oh, have, wow. where you have two fairly emotional and demonstrative <laughs> players um, who feel about play very differently, but have a very bizarre lopsided head-to-head, where the player who hates clay is <laughs> up three love against the player who Love's loves clay. So um, these two would be my picks for for tomorrow. <laughs> And lights are just going off around us. Lights are going off, going on and off. And uh, on the men's side, I think, I, again, maybe I'm playing the German Cup, but I actually think it yeah. will be a good match. It's uh, Chovic against Kurt Schreiber. Okay, for me, my pick is um, Kvitova. I really want to see how she plays, especially after Madrid. Um, and obviously, if you've got a ticket for Shatria, you're going to be in heaven because you you've got Petra, Djokovic, Wozniacki and Nadal. Um, but um, yeah, I want to see how Djokovic is playing. Uh, and as a side note, I was checking the polls this morning, and uh, I had to laugh out loud because um, you naughty people, none of you seem to think that Caroline Wozniacki is even going to come remotely close to winning the title. Um, so yeah, let us know if you think that if you think that the rest of the uh, readership have got that wrong. But either pay way, close, pay close, <laughs> pay close attention to Court Nine tomorrow morning, and we will find out at about 10 a.m who oh, Bernard yeah. Tomic is going to play at 11 a.m. <laughs> at the moment, uh, Mr. Trangeliti is driving up from Barcelona to Paris with his brother, his mother, and his grandma in the car. <laughs> and you he'll arrive here, up. and he's going to sign in tomorrow morning in order to play Bernard Tomic, who qualified himself. Why, why couldn't they fight? Maybe it was all a bit short notice. Maybe they wanted a road trip. No, maybe it was all a bit short notice. Uh. I, it, no. It's a whole story. I it, think it's one of it's one of the story that will one of the stories that will stick around after this tournament. And if he actually gets it, oh, I hope. <laughs> well, look, I, I hope that that there will be a, a qualifier and Bernard Tomic won't get a walk over. That yeah. would be that would be rather 
unfortunate. But unfortunate for just for this because it would also be a very bad look for this entire new yeah. lucky loser rule. Yeah, I mean the fact that we're on our ninth lucky loser is quite grim. We're, we're getting there. Well, yes. I think we've probably rambled at you far enough, but we will be back tomorrow. It'll be a very full day, so expect a slightly longer tournament and tea break. You have, of course, been listening to Ross Satoff from Britwatch Sports and Renee Enfeld of My Tennis. Thank you for listening.